Eleven o'clock comics, episode Getting up there, we're gonna hit 100 soon. Not soon, not, soon. not yeah, you know, not, not soon. next week. No, it's happening. It's going relatively soon. That's when we just around the time that this world's monster launches. Yeah, bring in the yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> let's, be, uh, let's be a little positive, just a little. Yes, I know. I need okay. to. I need to, to relax, exhale, have a little sip of my beverage here. Hey guys, welcome to 11 O'Clock Comics. Apparently, if I were out loud and proud, I'd be Perez Hilton. But I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm Vince B. Yeah. I, have, I have no idea who Perez Hilton is. I actually had to ask my wife about this earlier in the week, and that was uh, I think David even commented on the tweet that I that I put out was the uh, you know my out of touch tweet of the day. I have no idea who Perez <laughs> who Perez Hilton is. I thought someone misspelled Paris. <laughs> well, according to Jason, I am he. If I were, oh, are you? I guess I don't know. Okay, well, I'm Christopher Neesman, and I am out of touch with what all of those those kids are listening to these days. I guess. Yeah. And as usual, <laughs> I, did he say? See, I was all. I'm. I'm David Price. <laughs> it's like where'd David go? I know. I know. Uh, I got distracted. I'm sorry. And so and I'm shiny. And the only Charlie Cluster Seven. No, you're not, Charlie. Wow, Cluster see, I was expecting seven. I was expecting a Sanford remark. I expected no? uh, John and Kate. What's that guy's name? John oh, something? Oh, Christ. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, my ne- that's my next out-of-touch tweet. No idea who John or Kate or the eight are, and I don't care. Entirely too many comic book creators watch John and Kate plus eight. Jesus. Yeah. I think we oh know why God. books are late. Yeah, no kidding. They're late because of John and Kate. No, you're not Charlie Cluster... Bomb seven. You are Jason Wood, the now famous Jason Wood, and we'll get into that a little later. But so we're all here. Yeah, we're all here, buddies. Yeah, sort of as, kind of. yeah. As, as as Tom Cater said, if my mom and dad don't know who you are, you're not famous. True. <laughs> Lucky you know for who that. I am. Cater's, that's uh, the new Lucky that's the new standard right there. So what's up? Howdy. N- nothing. Howdy, boys. I had to affix my Marvel provided sticker to the side of the U-Haul today, getting all the books home, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is not true because I didn't. I only bought uh, two of them actually. Uh-huh. I don't know what one of yes. them was? One of them was awesome. I'm shaking. It was so awesome. No, I won't tell you, but it was so good. I almost wept 
at the end of wow, it. Wow, that's what it was. It, it, oh, wow. um, well, it was Amazing Spider-Man yeah. 598. It made me yeah. feel like I was oh. back in the Jerry Conway days. That's it was awesome. so goddamn good. Is that how cool is that a compliment to 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 Joe Kelly? That's a very cool compliment. And it really is. I think it's it is. deserved, you know. And if you're not reading Amazing Spider-Man, we're going to have an intervention this episode. We're going to put your hands on the media device and we will purge whatever it is stopping you from buying the funk. Book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, really. Oh, it's so good. Sorry. But anyway, dude. no, you gotta. But then let's let's ease into it. He's out of practice from last week. Oh, so all right. I bought that. That's uh, that's my next to last issue of Amazing Spider-Man that I'm getting in oh, I single issues. I would, yeah, I wouldn't do it if I were you. No, no, there, not there's for that one, there, book. There, there's well, no, there's there's one more, right? Yeah, in American the, Sun storyline. There's, there's the then, American Sun, and then there's the wedding or yeah, issue yep. six hundred. Yeah, well, um, I don't um, want to get into who called that way back when. Pat myself oh. on the back. I'm breaking my arm. But. Of course, of course you did. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I'm I'm calling the uh, the old uh, pull list down, and I uh, yeah I only picked up four Marvel books today. Wow. So and that's and uh, and as soon as those storylines wrap up on some of those, then it's all all trade. So I'm, it was it was very liberating leaving the comic store today, knowing that. I, I left a lot of comics that I normally pick up on the shelves, and I'm just going to get them in trade. It was actually a really nice feeling, and I picked up uh, a, a trade, and uh, and I'm looking forward to, to reading that. You know, it's the the Patsy Walker uh, Hellcat. I, I was gonna that is wait awesome, and I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited to read it, and uh, and I'm glad that I waited for it in trade because yeah. now it will look really nice on my bookshelf. It, it, the the art is very sweet. Yeah, it is. But, I had the exact opposite experience as yourself today. I was not liberated at all. In fact, I was kind of dejected leaving the comic shop on my return trip. I made two trips today because, first, the UPS guy never got there, and I only have a 45-minute lunch. I had to go back after work, and I've been hearing so much buzz about Jeremy Hahn's uh, Berserker from Top Cow. I thought, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave Superman at the shop. And in its place, I'm going to pick up a copy of Berserker. I heard very good things. I saw the art. Han is exceptional. Did you see the fight scenes that they posted on uh, CBR? The uh, I, I don't know the, who the characters are, but there's a man fighting a woman. And the, the, the choreography is so cinematic. You, there's one point in the book where the, uh, the man gets his hands bent back and the bones snap out of his wrists and you can feel it it's drawn so well it's really nicely done so i walked into the shop got my books i said all right i'm look for this berserker i'm gonna try it and i'm gonna jump on board didn't have it mm-hmm. and when i when i asked for it he said he wasn't invoiced for them which either means diamond didn't send them to him or he never ordered it yeah. so that this is the perils of not pre-ordering your books in advance and well, it's my, my own well, fault. yeah no 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 it's his fault if he didn't to order a, it right because, right, but to a certain extent, if I had let uh, him know, my chances of getting it would have increased. Let's just put it that way. Who who wrote Berserker? It's Milo Ventimiglia. Right, it's got something to do with him. I don't know if he wrote it or if he's just putting the rubber stamp on it. We, we should make sure. But uh, he's he's pretty he's pretty heavily involved, and you know for that reason alone, if your LCS is not ordering that book and promoting it as this is the guy from Heroes, or people like me who don't watch Heroes, this is the guy who played 
Luke's son in Gilmore Girls than, or actually, no, Luke's sister's son in Gilmore Girls, then they'll buy it. What is Gilmore Girls? Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, just to play devil's, devil's advocate, there, there was not Deadpool a shortage Deadpool. of Marvel books. There were stacks and stacks and stacks today, but no Berserker. So I, I'm, I'm lost. I need a copy of Berserker because I, even the tweets today were out of control on this book. So I said, I'll give it a shot. Uh, it was Jeremy's, Jeremy's great. Yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't read Battle Him, Battle Him is awesome. That's, uh, Jeremy, some of Jeremy's early work, uh, with, uh, B. Claymore. And mm-hmm. he also did, uh, Leading Man from Oni. One of the first, uh, books I had seen from Oni that was in color. And Leading Man was very cool. Jeremy's, Jeremy's done a lot of cool stuff. He's very, very talented. Yeah. The, uh, he is. You were right. It, uh, it's, I guess it's Milo's idea, but the writer is a, I don't know the guy. His name is Rick Loverd, L-O-V-E-R-D. So Rick Laverde cool. is the writer. <clears throat> cover by Dale Keown. It's mm-hmm. a really nice cover, and then and then uh, Mr. Hahn has another cover. So there's two covers. It's a Top mm-hmm. Cop book, but could not find it. <laughs> and Dave McKaig on covers. Yeah. Oh, sweet, nice. Yeah, so it's an all-star lineup, awesome. really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, was not to be. I'm curious. What you I heard Hahn as usual is it does does his job, but I heard the story is. I, I just say I've not heard very complimentary things about the story. Yeah, something so. about two dudes who discover they have some kind of powers and they're hounded by these mysterious organizations for whatever purpose. I don't know. Hey, this is Darren. Uh, just calling from a restaurant. We just went to Mocha. We had a good time. Vince, where were you at? Where, uh, son? Where you be? With Gabe and with Ian for Comic Timing. And, and Gabe, what, what show do you do? Oh, uh, The pictures out of and all that. And, uh, it was a good show. It was hot. How many bodies in the room? It was hot. But it was it was a good show. We we talked to some good creators and uh, we had a good time. It was cool. So. Couldn't find any Captain America comics. Yeah, I couldn't find no Wolverine, and I I was looking hard too. You know, people give me dirty looks, but that's cool. That's cool. So I'm out. All right, later. Later. Do you think that because this was a huge Marvel week, that had any impact? on these smaller titles being neglected? It depends. Does your, store normally, yeah, does your store normally order Top Cow one-shots and those kind of things? They do, but they don't order them in any kind of significant quantity, no. Uh, he uh, Love him to death, but he does have a history of ordering heavy on Marvel, then DC, and then everything else kind of suffers to a certain extent because mm-hmm. he focuses on the big two primarily. And, and you can't really blame him because that's the majority of the customers. But... Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not Dark Tower. You know, you can't just walk in there and pull an indie book off the shelf because chances are it's not going to be there. Yeah. So yeah, it's you know, but I know we've talked about this a lot. You can a good a good salesperson, which is what LCS owners, operators, and employees should be, is good salespeople. You can you a good salesperson can move any kind of book just by knowing mm-hmm. your clientele. So I think that is a uh, I think that is a weak excuse. By bad salespeople is I did order it, yeah, but uh, I, I was I was talking to Mark tonight and and I said hey I, you know I figure we'll be talking about this on the show. What are your feelings when you know Marvel in particular 
is kind of notorious for uh, dumping a huge number of books at the end of a quarter so they can get their numbers up for that quarter. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. And I was like, what what is your opinion on that or you know what does it do to your business and do you like it or do you not like it he's like no it's a pain in the ass for a couple different reasons first of all it makes for an inordinately large bill for him for diamond which takes him a couple weeks that he has to recover from and and you can say well a couple weeks to recover from why is that and he said, what happens is that whenever he gets a big dump of books like this, that a lot of his pull box members, they will, they'll eventually buy the books. But he said it's probably about 30 or 40% of the people that are in his pull box membership, which is the cornerstone of any, any, uh, local comic shop, put books back into their box and say, hey, I'll pick these up next week or I'm a little light this month. I'll pick them up next month. So, he said that it takes him a few weeks to recoup from that. That, and it's just a logistics thing of having to put on the shelves and pull that many more books. He said he was at the shop until like 11 o'clock last night doing pull boxes and getting getting books on the shelves. So, yeah, yeah he does. I mean, <laughs> I, I made a point of uh, asking the local dude uh, how long it took him to unpack and set everything up on a normal week and how much how long did it take this week he said on a normal week usually takes an hour this week it took more like two and a half yeah so and i but saw it firsthand what you were talking about there were there have been guys today that were separating out what they wanted to take today and what they were leaving for next week well i didn't talk to anyone today because i didn't go into a shop but i know that um chris from wild pig the owner of wild pig he talked we talked about this with him a couple months ago. Um, it was a similar complaint. It may have been quarter end. I don't know if that's why we were talking about it, but he he explained it exactly, pretty much verbatim what Mark said to you, Chris, which is that <clears throat> it hurts him in a number of ways. The pull pull list is certainly one of them, uh, and the main reason for that is that you know Diamond doesn't give you a chance to you know they don't get to stage their payments. You pay them, <laughs> you yeah. have x number of days to pay and if you don't pay you don't get your next week's shipment um and so he said for him it's a cash flow thing and you know these guys aren't making huge margins so um you know it's 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 that many more trades he can't restock it's uh you know that many ancillary things that might have you know have a higher markup that he can't order um you know it's it's because obviously you have your rent you have your utilities and you have your staff to pay and uh it's a it's it's really problematic and he said the other thing too is not just for the pool list but he said that it also hurts him on in the walking traffic or even guys like you or the iFanboy guys who just kind of you kind of know what you want but you also go in and you look around the shelves and you buy other stuff too he said in this case when there's 39 Marvel books on the shelf number one it's much less likely that someone's going to pick up an indie book off the shelf and number two you know even a secondary Marvel or DC book that they may have tried they're going to just be like oh I I can't get that this week it's it's too big a week for me and then they probably aren't going to come back the next week unless they have it on their pull list to buy it so it's a lost sale so yeah yeah, it's an issue so you know in essence, Marvel is the devil. Right? <laughs> of course. Well, this week, this week they were. You know, it's, they had, they had. You know, and that's. I mean, that's mean. We're obviously joking. There was a Marvel book. I can't even remember the name of it because there were so many of them. But there was a Marvel book that had Nathan Fox art in it this week. Really? Yeah. There, there was also an, a Marvel book with had, that had Chris Bacallo art that I left there. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that was kind of a that. bummer. Uh, the Nathan Fox, I don't know, but the Bacallo one was the Sinister Spider-Man. It looked incredible. I'm just going to oh, wait yeah, for the trade. Yeah. The, the, one, the, the Nathan uh, 
the Nathan Fox uh, drawn one was also written by uh, Joe Casey, and it was Dark Rain something. Oh, was it uh, Zodiac? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. But I saw the cover. It was sweet. And in, in all this brouhaha, our lovely man Jason had a tweet quote, which I'm going to coin a term right now because it's just easier for me to say. I'm going to coin a quote. That's a tweet quote. See? Anybody wants to use that, just send me a buck. It's okay. Uh, a quote on Bleeding Cool, Rich Johnson's site. Concerning the whole Marvel shipping a bunch of books, so we have a star in the room. Oh yeah, a little bit uh, of round applause, yay! I guess yay. I'm having lunch with Mr. and Mrs. Caters next week to confirm that. So. There you go. I was gonna say <laughs> that whole that that whole list of who was uh, uh, Rich Johnson's tweets. There, there was definitely a uh, one of these things is not like the others <laughs> at all. Yeah, <laughs> like myself now. That's one no way to it talk was about those other people. Neil Gaiman, <laughs> Jeff Johns. Um, no Mark Wade for obvious reasons, which I don't yeah, understand. Was it a move crazy. today or something? No, it goes back. Of, yeah, we don't have to talk about it now. I'll okay. later. Oh. I, I, Rich Johnson said he could have quoted Mark Wade, but the less... That ain't, that ain't happening. Yeah. That ain't happening. Something oh, like that. I, okay, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there was Jason. So one guy we know and a bunch we know only through association. Well, I should say it's not. it, it wasn't going to happen today. Mark, Rich will probably quote Mark at a later date. It, it, Wow. So yes, there you go. Yes. So my, uh, I guess my 1.5 milliseconds of, of comic book fame. There you go. No, you have a lot more than that, buddy. You're the one more who busted that story wide open on the investors thing. You well, broke I have a feeling that's where Rich reads my tweets, right? <laughs> I can't yeah. Hey, he's, he's, the guy's not stupid. Mm-hmm. And you're, he listens you're, to the podcast. He loves you. And you're you semi-intelligent, too, so you know he follows you. As I'm about ready to finish my drink here, we probably need to... Uh, before oh, my we, God. Uh, we forgot. <laughs> All right. It, Ever. Well, since only half of us drinking lately, it really, it's like, yeah, I know. Watch it. It, Wood Wood, Wood promised me. Um, Speaking of Wood, what are you drinking? Bombay Sapphire and grapefruit juice. Oh, very good. That's very healthy. Very, very healthy um, alcoholic (laughs) drink. Very very healthy. Water, but it's. It'll get you by. It's healthier than what I'm drinking. Uh, David, what what are you drinking? My uh, Hemingway daiquiri. Oh, very yummy. Vince. Yes. I am drinking um, yingling. Yeah. Drinking <gasps> yingling. Regular yingling? Um, I'm drinking water. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm drinking water. I don't have any... any. Uh, yeah. I got to get this weight off. I'm drinking water. All right. All right. Uh, I'm drinking uh, a little Jim Beam and ginger ale. So... That's that's tonight's uh, summer summer drink, and I tell you what, summer came to Chicago this week. Good Lord, is it hot out there? Yeah, it was really hot here today. Yep, it is. It is time for the for the summer drink. So I'll uh, I'll try and get a, a different summer drink recommendation. That's kind of what we what we had in the house here. Jim Jim and ginger ale. Respect it. It's nice. It's delicious. You know what came out today, which is really awesome. What is that book? I've been looking forward to for a really really long time, and I'll just let you guess. Viking number two. Detective no. Comics. Yes. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh my God! Is it beautiful? <laughs> I'm not even talking about the writing, which is, of course, awesome. But, man, Vince, as much as you love Promethea, he is he is drawn circles around Promethea in this. 
I did flip through it. It is it's pretty it is, ungodly how nice it is. It, yeah. It is it is freaking gorgeous. And um for uh for Batman fans that read detective comics, this is obviously not uh Batman. This is the new Batwoman series. It is a it looks like it's just a pretty good crime story. I mean, it's it's obviously it's beautiful. It's it's J.H. Williams artwork, but Greg Rucka is is writing it, and it looks like it's going to be a, just a pretty good uh, detective comic, which is what detective comics should be. So, I think DC made a really neat choice here in making her the headline character in the series. Uh, the The question back up was, you know, you t- the whole book is beautiful. The J.H. Williams art in the first part is awesome, but Coley Hamner is doing the question backups, and they look awesome as well. Coley's so, no slouch, let me tell you. Oh, Coley's a badass. So. And as I was slipping through it, I noticed something in the Williams artwork, his strategy. He kicked the Reds in the ass. The Reds are really loud. They're really sharp. Did you notice that? But oh, it's yeah, the Reds are all over this book. Because he strategically placed darker, more somber colors around them. So it makes the red pop even more. It looks awesome. It really does. Yeah. It's a fitting red right fire firebush. Fire the what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, I didn't hear it. I, I can only oh, imagine. I it's, it's fitting that, that he's using the reds because she's a firebush. Yeah. So. Oh. Bush. Uh, now, uh, what, what number it, was that? 854. Okay. Oh, and by the way, if you're if you're talking about uh, about the coloring in it, I mean this is this is really an all star team. It's J. H. Williams art, Greg Rucker writing, Dave Stewart colors. Well, that explains a lot right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, you want to you want to talk about an all star team? That is the shit right there. And and put Cully Hamner, Hamner in the backups. I mean, it is really pretty awesome. Cully Hamner it's was like, like late year one, right? Yes. Yes, he was. Yeah, Cully Hamner. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I was, yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty happy with this. It's, uh, there's even a nice uh, scene with, uh, with her and, and Batman um, as, you know, he's kind of checking her out and making sure that uh, she's not screwing up. And uh, it's kind of nice because you don't know if it's, if, if it's Bruce or if it's Dick. Yeah, I heard she's not too fond of Dick. <laughs> Something else you two don't have in common, then. Dun, dun. Yes. Yes, I, I, lesbian humor. I took the high road and went with a, a lesbian joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> we had talked about it a couple weeks ago, I think. The, the, the Bat-verse over at DC is very interesting right now, uh, even without... Bruce, so yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. And uh, so, uh, if you had if you had not wanted to uh, to read detective comics, or even if you're just not interested in Batwoman, you should at least take a look at this because it's it's an absolutely gorgeous book. And I I really like the first the first story. If you had read the uh, the five uh, what is it the uh, uh, five books of blood? Yeah, the, crime uh, Bible. the yeah the crime Bible. Uh, miniseries, or if you even like the stuff in Fifty Two, this that and that, you know it's probably actually my only uh, my only criticism of this is that I would have I would have liked to have seen uh, kind of a fresh start for for Batwoman and be able to jump right into just a a detective comics style uh, you know, crime story, but they're uh, they're definitely picking up on all of the um, the religious stuff with the uh, you know uh, uh, 
the crime religion and 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 the crime bible and all of that stuff it's really continuing out of that so uh, it's uh probably not the cleanest start continuity wise but but still pretty cool and if you and if you have been following that stuff it's it's neat with, with with DC's backups, I think it's it's cool in the sense that okay, so you may not be a big Batwoman fan, but maybe you're a Renee Montoya question fan. So okay, so it's not like it's half the book or you get the bulk of a question story, but if if you like that character, then there's something there for you. Or if you're a Rucka or J. H. Williams fan, you can pick up the book. If you're a Cully Hamner fan, you can pick up the book. And the same thing with with the Booster Gold Blue Beetle. If if, if you like Mike Norton or you like Jaime, then you pick up Booster Gold. So it's it's not like they're just throwing a backup just to up the page count or, or give you something for no. for the extra buck. It's it's something that that there is something that it's very hard for me to look through previews and go, okay, it's it's still. A, at full retail, a $4 book, it's still hard for me to say I really don't want this or I can't get this because I love Mike Norton. I, I may not be a huge Jaime fan, but again, I'm a Mike Norton fan. I'm a Cully Hamner fan, even if I'm not a huge Renee Montoya fan. I'd like to know more about Batwoman. So it's it's very hard for, for someone like me to say, yeah, I don't want to get it, but I do <laughs> want to know what's going on i do want it so it's mm-hmm. it's it they they've done this they played this very well yeah well you have to admit if they do have to raise prices to 3.99 to make ends meet or to let's be honest make a profit they are taking the classy road mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're they're giving you something back in uh exchange for that extra buck yeah a little bit of technical difficulties uh if you didn't hear anything it's gone. It's the it's, best it's, episode it, ever. It went away. It's gone. <laughs> so, but yeah, kudos to DC for giving you a, a little bit back for your, yeah, for your well, money. Well, definitely, especially oh. because they they also are incurring more costs, right? I mean, going to three ninety nine and putting out twenty two pages, it's a dollar extra profit, right? Yes, you can argue that part of that's for incremental, but DC is giving you if they're giving you a, a co feature, they got to pay it. They got to pay a penciler, pay an inker. Well, maybe not an inker anymore. Got to pay a colorist. You know, they got to pay for those extra pages. Um, so. Norton is still exclusive, right? I mean, without getting into yeah. everybody's contracts. Yes. I, mm-hmm. Is it possible that – I don't know about Cully Hammer. I don't know what his status is. But is it – I mean, I know Ruck is not. He let his, his exclusive expire, and now he's just doing work for doing freelance work for him. But is it mm-hmm. is it possible that the, the backups are a way for DC to give their exclusives work so that they feel that it's money well spent? I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it could filter its way into that. What I – I think it's a lot of different things. One thing that I think is very cool about it is that characters like the Question or Blue Beetle that have that have shown that they maybe can't support a title on their own can make it in in co features. So I'm going to have a a monthly Renee Montoya Question story now, and that makes me really happy. That's not, I mean, that's that's not a book that's probably going to make it very long on the shelves by itself. Same thing, I mean, Blue Beetle had a good two-year run or so, but, you know, couldn't be a, a long-running, sustaining book. So this is a chance, if you're a Metal Men fan, here's your chance. You get to get read, get read the Metal Men every month. So oh, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. more reason to, to, to use the, uh, the Hellboy model and do miniseries, and hopefully the Mysterious and Unfathomable model, and just do miniseries. You know, who, who's to say a Renee Montoya four-issue miniseries couldn't sell a couple times a year? Yeah, but now I've, I've got hopefully a year of okay. Renee Montoya stories. Okay. Back this truck up a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
American Sun Part 5 is your last amazing, but you're still going to get Detective every month? Um, Was Rucker, he's got to make sure Rucker gets paid. If Rucker was writing Spidey, it'd be a different story. You know, <laughs> honest, honestly, Vince, I'm probably going to get Detective and Trade. It's something I knew that I wanted to talk about tonight. Yeah. I even told Sal today but also, that, I, that I wasn't going to get the that I wasn't going to pick up the single of this, and I got to the store and I was like, "Ah, shit, I got to get this." Correction: so, You're probably going to get Detective in hardcover because they're not going to release. And that's the thing. That I mean, we'll get it in hardcover. Yeah, yeah that's time, I mean, going back to what DC was doing with with the previous Batman stories, that I, I would hope that they would release Detective in a collection sooner rather than, you know, their usual, okay, yeah, right, we'll right. wait until whenever we'll collect it. And I've taken the same route as you, Chris. I'm I'm letting a lot of the monthlies go. Mm-hmm. Just just because I, I prefer to read them in bulk as it is, why don't I just take the extra step and wait for the damn trades? It's not like DC or Marvel are going to be hurting. No. I put Iron Fist back on the shelves today. I've loved what uh, Swarzynski has done with it. But it's four bucks, and they kind of snuck one in there by making it. It had a nine-page preview of the Fat Cobra story for the Immortal Weapons, mm-hmm. but it, but it's preview, and I'm like, I can I can read a preview online, and so you know I counted up the pages. It's like, nope, I'm not I'm not gonna pay four dollars for a 22-page comic. I'll buy that in trade. But I tell you what. Be warned because those trade prices are going up. Did you guys? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, did you guys? Did you guys see what um, uh, the Marvel Visionaries Thor uh, Volume Three that came out of the Simonson stuff, which is beautiful. It's awesome. They're classic comics. They're absolutely amazing stuff, and, and you should read it if you if you haven't already. But did you see what the price was on that third volume? I do 20, believe it's thirty. Don't tell me it's twenty. Oh my god, thirty fucking dollars okay, for that 30, yeah. 10 in 29.99 it's 10 issues so three dollars three dollars an issue um and those were are they up there for inflation yeah yeah i mean i i don't want to go through the well they were 75 cents whenever they were originally <laughs> came out but you know but on newsprint paper 30 dollars for a soft cover trade of i don't know how many pages that is is fucking ridiculous it, especially when they're not incurring all that much cost other than printing. and maybe, paid for it once. And may, right, and maybe something to the creative teams, which probably yeah. isn't in, uh, comparable to what they originally made. But, yeah, you're right. I, I don't understand it either. Those things should be cheaper. I was looking at the Avengers Kree-Skrull War trade. It's like $29. That's, uh-huh. that's, that's just plain crazy. I, well, I wouldn't well, even a- consider play, paying that. I'll, if it was a if it was a hardcover, I'd pay thirty bucks for a hardcover. But I'm not paying thirty dollars for a for a ten issue trade paperback. It's ridiculous. And yeah. you know, I know that we're getting, here. I go. I'm going into a little bit of a bitch fest. But you know, it's like, yeah, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's well, too much. Bitching is kind of cathartic. I had a little yeah. bi- bitch yeah. fest today. What was it? Today or yesterday? It was yesterday on the forum. I don't usually bitch, but. Something just tweaked my ass, something fierce, and I just let fly. It feels good after you're done. Well, we won't, we won't get me? into it though. But if anybody ever brings up that site that we will not name, ah, yes. you, <laughs> the shit site that it, shall it, not it, be named. It's not happening. Hello, Frankie, the Buildinator. Um, a couple of days ago, I come home and to my surprise, there's a package from Dark Horse Comics waiting for me. Apparently, and I don't remember doing this, 
I signed up for a contest that they send you. You know, they send you a newsletter, email, and then they have a contest there, and you sign up, and they send you something if you like the first 100 people. And apparently, I was one of those people. And what I won was the Rapture issue one, uh, story and art together by Taki Soma and Michael Avon Oming. It's a six-issue miniseries, uh, $2.99 an issue. It's a good buy. Um, it's a dark and gloomy tale, if you can't tell by the title. You know, if you're up on your Bible lore, if you if you will. It's about the rapture. and But instead of humans being taken by the rapture, it's the superhumans getting taken. And the humans that are left over have to deal with, you know, the Armageddon that's left over. Um, it's set in a world that's kind of like the Civil War time. You know, it's heroes against heroes. And it's about these two humans uh, that are... I don't want to give away too much of the story, but it's about these two humans. It's set around them. And it's a great read. Uh, it's Like I said, it's dark and gloomy. So if you're depressed, or if you, if, especially if you're just broken up with a girl, you shouldn't buy this. Maybe you should buy this. You know, maybe this will help you cope with what you're going through. Uh, and this would have been a great price had I not bought the issue already. But I digress. Where are the detonator? Uh, hello. Frankie the detonator. Um, I was listening to some archive episodes. Uh, there was a couple of episodes where Wood, Mr. Wood, said that he can sing R&B. Now, you can't just say that and not actually prove it. So I'm calling you out, Woody. Uh, I want you to sing. I want to hear it. I got to hear it. Um, you know, if you have sung in the past, my apologies. Just point me to where that is, and I'll listen to that. But if you haven't, then I'm pulling your card. I'm calling your number. All right, son. This is the building editor. Peace. Let's flip the script because it seems like we we all agree that that uh, we wish comic prices weren't going up, but they are. Um, I mean, I I have to say I'm a skeptical bastard, and you guys know that I I look at all of these uh, potential new avenues with the, with a, uh, a a scance. But but I have to say the news out of Heroes uh, regarding. Um, uh, long box. Long box is oh. extremely. Based on what we know so far, I'm extremely, extremely impressed with what I've seen and heard from yeah. Rance and his partners so far. Yeah, um, me too. So, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, is that going to be the answer? I I don't know. Um, may, probably not. You know, but is it part of a longer term solution to actually maybe you know creating a renaissance for this hobby that we love? It, it, it's the closest thing I've seen. That that I can actually believe it might work. Um, so I'm really encouraged by it. And I hope we, you know, I, I know we're probably not in line to be beta testers or whatever, but I, I sure can't wait to give it a run uh, when whenever it does, you know, yeah. go to a open beta. Because uh, I guess for those that don't know, um, at Heroes it was announced that that and what's his name? It's it's what's uh, it's oh, Rance. Is it, uh, yeah, is it the Holy? He's Holy? A Hol- Holman. Is it Rance Holman? It, 
Uh, I think we uh, can agree it begins with an H. Yeah. 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 Well, he's he's the he's the he was the creator, the mind behind the comic book tattoo, uh, which we yes, about. yeah, he was the editor for that. Right. And uh, uh, and I guess they've been working on this for over three years. It's essentially a web-based software platform that uses a proprietary Rance Hosley. There you go, Rance Hosley. Yeah. It's called Longbox, and they've got seven publishers already on board, including Boom and Top Cow. And I think they're and going it's, live. It's basically, an iTunes for comics. Right, right, exactly. And uh, and the, the cool thing about it, if you want to read more about it, you can go to a couple of sites. I would recommend you go to Ron Richards, wrote a great uh, write up on it on iFanboy. Absolutely. Um, and Rants and, and, uh, and some independent creators like uh, um, Jamie McKelvey. Karen Gillen, they all are in the comments uh, of that of that article, so mm-hmm. you can really get the firsthand. You know, they answer some questions firsthand. It just seems really encouraging. The model would basically be ninety nine yeah. cents. You can buy the comics online, ninety nine cents, and read them. Um, much like iTunes, it's limited to three computers or devices, which I think is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, obviously, there's a lot of avenues they can go here. It's a proprietary mm-hmm. standard. So it can't be pirated, but to be fair, they are also gonna the the viewers also going to read CB CB what CBZ and CBR files is that right. whatever those standards are. Um, so it, it really is encouraging. I, I'm 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 excited yep. for for what it might might mean. What was what was most exciting in that comic in the comment section uh, over iFanboy and once again Ron did write a really nice article about it was when uh, Jamie McKelvey said that under the current economic climate under the current economic um, standard at which they do comics a phonogram will not see a volume 3 if they print it and this is the option that would make doing a a series like phonogram a possibility to to continue to do that so um, for mainstream like Marvel and DC properties I don't know how much this will affect their their like long term viability to keep producing stuff like uh, Captain Britain MI thirteen or Guardians of the Galaxy that kind of stuff that that's more of a a Marvel and DC uh, question but the books that we've talked about like Proof and and Phonogram and um, one that we look like now Chew I, those those, <laughs> those kinds of books this is going to be the the platform that is going to make them viable. Right. Well, yeah, I have something connected to that. We were in Best Buy on Tuesday, and did you know that Sony is now selling PSP games in an empty case? You don't get the UMD. You can mm-hmm. download the game right to oh, your PSP. Because wow. so, I, I was looking at Patapon 2. Patapon 2. That would suck for me. The case is empty. <laughs> and you get, it's either a code or a, they'll, they'll give you some kind of number that you can punch into the PSP and download this thing wirelessly. Mm-hmm. What if these comic publishers that sign on to this long box thing actually published maybe a double sided or a folded, maybe cardstock? pseudo cover with nothing in it except maybe a certificate with a number on it that you can mm. download your your issue but make the covers exclusive you don't get the same cover with the digital version you get an exclusive cover on heavy stock that is kind of like a little art piece so you know something for your money in addition to a digital comic variants mm. do sell yeah and then you get the vouch- mm. uh, the vouchers at the end of buying these things that you can redeem for a certain amount of money off the eventual printed edition, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll it, tell you it, why that was Just to have me. a presence in the comic stores, though. 
I, the reason but that I, would suck for me is because I can't the way I have my my wireless set up here. My uh, my PSP sees my router, but because of the security, I can't connect to it. So I can't right, I, I can't download through it. But that's yeah, me. not yeah, not necessarily to a PSP to any device, a Kindle right. or something. Just just give them something in addition to the the, the digital copy. That's a physical thing. Oh, absolutely. You I, know, I have icing said, on the I mean, cake. I, I think, and and Julian and I have talked about Comic Zeal, and and you know. I hope that Longbox is compatible with it. I'm 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 a fan of that application on the iPhone, but I need to me a digital version is not a replacement. I want I want a physical copy, and that's and whether I'm I'm selfish or greedy, or, or I need it exactly, and I'll do that if if I can read the 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 serial version of it. Uh, digitally, either on my computer or on my iPhone or whatever, and I can, uh, and then yes, and then you know whether there's a trade voucher or however it's set up, if I can buy the physical version, because the thing is, people also, you know, think of how many people wait online at a convention for someone's autograph. You you, you think somebody's going to wait online for Rob Liefeld's autograph if if they can only read his comics digitally? You know, I mean, so, so, so exactly. So you need the trade. You need to make sure that there's a reason to buy the trade. So you get the discount. You, you show up at the convention or wherever. You get your trade, and and uh, they should be able to work. I hope they can work it out where an LCS can benefit from. Okay, well, you know, I'm glad you're here to see me for the trade, and you know, and maybe you can end up getting something else while you're at the shop. But um, I think I think this is because, like we just said, you know, trying to find a copy of True Number One for regular price is next to impossible. Um, Kieran Gillen on his blog said that long box could be a godsend because it, this can make, this could make sure you get future copies that, that, that you can continue to read phonogram instead of it just being a dream. Like, yeah, we'd like to do it, but you know, I have this cable story I have to do in order to pay the bills. But see, if so, this, if this program was already implemented, getting a copy of Chew number one wouldn't be an impossibility. That's and right. It wouldn't cost anywhere near $50 and up. Right. That's the thing. But I mean, if, if they're going to make this work, they have to make sure that they have some kind of redundancy in place where, say, uh, you get an electromagnetic pulse that destroys your hard drive. All your comics are gone. That when you sign up for the account, Every purchase you make is tallied, and you can go back at a later date yeah. and re-down these, re-download these things yeah. again. Well, and, you know, here, uh, here's the big, here's the big thing, and we have one person in the virtual room here who collects high-end, like Silver Age back issues, and that's cool. But we've we've got to be able to get past the collector mentality of comics and. This flies in the face of the collector mentality right. because you're collecting files. You're not collecting physical items. But and you're closer to the essence of what you're buying in this in this respect. You, yes. you, you're buying the story. You're buying the characters. You're not buying. Well, you are buying it, but the 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 goal is not to collect paper. Mm. See that that's the thing. If if I could oh. trans translate everything I own to digital. And, and keep them in a nice stack of DVDs, I would do it in a second because, I'll be honest, comic books are a colossal waste of space. The longer you collect, the, lo the more space you waste. I have a room. This I don't is insane. A waste. But I have a room devoted to paper. 
Think about it. That's that's We've done this dance before. Look, for no, some people, just... myself included, and I think David as well, I enjoy the tactile nature of books, of yeah. comic yeah. books. Um, you know, I don't. I certainly am. I'm a gadget guy. I haven't run out to buy a Kindle or Kindle Two because I like to have books in my hand and read them. Um, it's not a burden to me to carry one or two books. I don't feel the need to have 300 books with me at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I view it completely different than music because music has always been uh, not. It's not tactile. It's been about listening to it. So I. My ears aren't sensitive enough to to tell the difference between vinyl or a CD or or the MP3 version. But but I don't want to get into. But my point on this is that I think the nice thing about long boxes is it's not it's not eradicating the idea of of paper comics or trades. What it's doing is it's hopefully providing a bridge for the very stark reality of the fact that books like Phonogram, books like Chew, books like Proof really don't have much of a fighting chance to survive sustainably in this market and you can blame us for not buying them i mean us collectively you can blame you know there's plenty of blaming going you can blame the comic store owner for not ordering them you can blame you know the publisher for not spending enough time marketing marvel and dc for crowding out the shelves there's plenty of blame to go around but the the fact is the system is the system and Mm -hmm. we're not going to be able to just change the system and magically click our fingers say boy i wish it was like jason it's not our job to do that's right well that's what i'm saying so i think the cool thing about a long box is uh, as David alluded, if if it works the way it's supposed to work, I can read Chew online for a buck. Or what I would do is it'll allow me to read a lot more comics that I might not have bought otherwise because it's 99 cents and I can try it out. In turn, those that I really enjoy, I will then order the trades or I may go and start ordering the physical copies, but it's going to give me that latitude. But it will also, I think, and the real hope here is that it will provide an outlet to substantially grow a new audience. And that's really what this is all about. I mean, that's what these guys want to do. They, they, they realize that the LCS model works fine for those of us that go to LCSs or order online. But if we really want there to be a new generation of readers, it's going to have to be in a new form, and that's likely digital. Because while we want our comic books, and that's probably never going to change, and we want to hold them in our hands, younger people that don't read comics now are fine with digital content. In fact, my, my kids are growing up solely with digital content. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just I think that that's the encouraging thing is this is a real transitional opportunity to satisfy a lot of both the core niche audience that exists now that really doesn't want to see that much change. They want their comics the way they've always gotten them, but also to provide a new venue for people that 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 are, you know, that need exposure to it. So, I'm, that's the exciting thing about it to me is that it's yeah. it's it bridges those two gaps potentially, you know. Yeah. So, while we're on the subject, what do you say we talk about you number 1? Chris, you've read it. Any of you other two wobbos read it? I've read it. You read it too? All right. See, so yeah. The odd man out. Yeah. No, I haven't read it yet. I don't. That's why I didn't say anything. I wanted to surprise you, babe. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I love you. I will say, without hesitation, as a first issue, it was perfect. It was a perfect first issue. Wow. Why yeah, is didn't, that? Did, didn't miss a beat, did it? Why, why is that? It, it set up the world in which the character lives. Okay. It described what the character does, not so much as as how he got this way, but it, it, it shows what he can do, and it, by the end, it showed where he's going. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it introduced a supporting cast, and it set up a motivation for the guy. It, it, it was perfect. It, it, all the beats were there. Bing, bing, bing. But it, it left enough there that it didn't spoon-feed you pun intended, every little piece of information no, that you right. that you needed, it left enough to say, wow, there's there's a little bit of a mystery here and enough that is left open that I want to come back because I'm interested in finding out not just where the story is going, but how they got there. Right. Which I and, loved. 
let's be honest, a lot of comics we read, when we sit down and open that cover, in the back of our mind, that little research engine is, is chugging away. We're, we're trying to pick things out of the story that we want to talk about that we consider worthy of, of uh, you know, getting into. So this was one of those books that made me forget that part of what I was doing was for research. I, I lapsed into pure entertainment. I forgot that I had a, another motive for reading this thing other than entertainment. That's pretty much the highest praise I could, I could give a book. Mm-hmm. Let's break it down. Written and lettered by John Lehman. Mm-hmm. Drawn and colored by Rob Guillory. And the thing that I got to chuckle from the cover is the arc is called Taster's Choice. It's yeah. so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's going to be hard not to lapse into culinary metaphors when you talk about this book. But suffice to say, it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. We got a, a vice cop on the Philadelphia PD named Tony Chu unremarkable in in itself but he has a condition CHU right CHU yeah. he has a condition called sibopathy or sibopathy which means that he receives psychic impressions from the food he consumes right if if he eats a, a piece of beef <laughs> he'll he'll firsthand experience the cow's death at the 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 well at, the, 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 cow, bludgeon- the cow the the cow's life and death, right? Not just not just the death, but but it, yeah, this book of. seems to focus on the more morbid, you know, morbid. Yeah, so I'm sure he did get the whole thing, but w- what we've seen yeah. is the cow being bludgeoned in the head. So, it, like his taste buds are hard, hardwired into something in addition to his brain. It's it's a paranormal ability. They don't say how he got this way, but the only food he seems to be able to eat without this psychic flash fire is red beets. Mm-hmm. So w- when he does eat, he eats red beets. He gets nothing from them. So he's on a stakeout with his partner, John Colby, who's a loose cannon, completely different from Tony Chu, who is as straight-laced as they come by the book, Vice Cop. He does they everything don't even like each to, other. Right. They do everything. <laughs> he does everything according to procedure where the partner just wanted to, guns blazing, get in and bring down this guy who's called D-Bear. And, and why is D-Bear... A criminal because he deals in chicken meat. <laughs> yes, and, yet, and so I, you're, you're wondering why is this such a a big deal? The guy has a, a restaurant that sells chicken meat, but it's an age of prohibition, not of alcohol, but of meat, because the avian flu has spread to a degree where the government stepped in and the FDA now has heretofore unrivaled powers of deciding who sells meat and to whom they sell it. So they're on a stakeout in front of this, I think it's an upholstery store, which is masquerading as a, a speakeasy for chicken for chicken meat, cooked chicken, fried chicken, chicken soup, blah, blah, blah. They're kind of waylaid by a, an FDA agent by the name of Mason Savoy who tells them, leave this dude alone, and if you do... If you comply with us, you can have a government-sponsored chicken dinner in the place, <laughs> which which doesn't sit too well with Tony Chu because obviously he gets these impressions. But the cook making the soup that he eventually eats cut himself on a knife. No, but that's not all. That's not the only reason why. Because he's also the sous chef is also substituting chicken with the eggs. Things. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, one th- one and thing, and that's not, and that's not why Tony didn't want to go. And Tony is by the book. He didn't want to. It's going to make it look like, yeah, he, they took the bribe. So I mean, I but I know what you're saying. 
So he reluctantly agrees to eat chicken soup because it would yes. be the less, the le- the least harmful thing to him on the menu. And his first spoonful of soup, and it was a brilliantly realized sequence. Did there's it was a double, awesome page. Oh, yeah, yes. a double awesome. page spread double page with spread, this yeah. montage of imagery behind him, and it was brilliant how they how they did it because they used these dark inky blacks under his eyes and behind his head. You can actually feel the discomfort that he's going through eating this soup. And you can see it on our forum. And you can. It's our banner for this week. <laughs> this week. Yeah, this month. This month. And, and uh, so he gets these impressions from the soup of these dead girls, and he puts two and two together, and the, the, the chef is a serial killer, and we'll oh. leave it at that. He eventually confronts the serial killer, and he does get the names and whereabouts and you know history of the girls, but we won't say how because it's a big part of the first issue. Mm-hmm. It it it's the gut punch. It's cool. It's well done. And it, it's a it is a beautiful book as well. I think the art fits this perfect. Mm-hmm. I was I was explaining the story. I knew I shouldn't have, but I was explaining the story to Renee. And as soon as I said that, uh, you know, he can he he can sense what the food he's eating has gone through. So as soon as I mentioned about the cow with the hamburger. And I, I knew I knew it was a mistake. And then I tell her about how as soon as he takes a slurp of the soup and then all the visions that come to him, I overstepped. But I but but I was trying to I, I, I was trying to explain that this is how crazy it is because foul both land and water are outlawed. It's like I mean that's how ridiculous this is. It's like so so you can I mean I figured in context that this was more humorous than than but still it's it's all in context and how you present it and uh, yeah. and it wasn't one of my better moves but uh, I I think this is going to be a great series. Yeah. It's you know it's political satire but yeah. it's also you know gumshoe uh, detective stuff. It's very very good first issue. Yeah. Very it's, good issue. It's, it's yeah, close I, to the I, bone I political satire because Tony's brother who was a TV chef got laid off from his job because he started spouting these government conspiracies where <laughs> the avian free? flu is is this trumped up thing that the government is just instituting to instill fear and, and what's, and what's that's, the name of the substitute pulled free or something like that <laughs> you know that's there's people saying that now that this avian yes, even the yeah. even the swine thing that's well, they say on. that about aids i mean yeah there's there isn't anything that the government isn't well, behind according to there a lot are of reasons people. for that well, but, yeah. but <laughs> what a useful tool in screening your girlfriends. I mean, Tony's getting down and dirty with a little bit of cunnilingus. He gets the <laughs> oh, whole history. So no, bad. he gets so the bad. whole history of the girlfriend. That's. I wish I had that tool you're available awful. to me. Yeah, but no- <laughs> oh, hey, I'll be. I'll be right back. Hello, eleven o'clock comics. This is Dustin calling from Toronto, Ontario. I'd just like to state off of the record that I'm actually was born and raised in Regina, Saskatchewan, and I want to say that I just finished reading episode fifty nine and Logan does not speak for all of us. Read whatever whatever you want, whenever you want. Um I know for a fact myself I'm still reading um back issues of Green Lantern. I think I just got up to Sinestro, the Core War. So I'm still reading all all back stuff. Um, just to also say that I love you guys. Uh, I think you guys do a great job around comics, uh, especially as well. So, Chris, there's that for you for around comics. Um, I also want to say that uh, when I first actually started listening to your podcast, I wasn't actually into comics um, because of 11 o'clock comics and around comics. 
I'm actually now into comics. Um, especially, this is uh, for thanks to Jason for um, Tom Strong, thanks to uh, Vince for uh, Fables, and then I've got I don't know if anyone's a big fan of Green Lantern, but love Green Lantern now. And I'm actually also doing the 100 Days of 100 Bullets, and I absolutely love it. So great job, guys. Keep it, keep everything going. I love it. Listen to the podcasts. And uh, good job. Thanks. Bye. Oh, okay. But, yeah, the, the art's <laughs> very stylized, Ian, which, which love the art. <laughs> suits the book very well. Yes. And the, the colors are kind of kind of bleached out in some areas which lends itself to that whole hollow place that they're all living in i thought it was wonderful uh, in, in terms of a first issue it's one of the better ones i've read in a long time it just was it, it hit all the right high notes it was perfect and there's a reason why this thing is selling out because it's well it has sold out and is very hard to get because it's unbelievably well done well what's funny is that uh i know we were having a discussion on the forums and stuff um last week or so with some people about uh solicits and you know how much is too much and people read previews not read previews that sort of thing and you know like you Vince, i read previews love previews and i pretty much you know i love image i you know i, I buy almost everything they get and for some reason i was yeah, books are more expensive now i wasn't looking at you know i'm trying to be a little more discerning and i remember reading the preview and thinking i don't know you know it's just not sure that's i'm gonna have to wait to hear about that it sounds like it's one of the few I've I've skipped on trying. It sounds like I made a huge mistake, but um, there's a case though where I don't. I wonder how many people would have given that a try, you know, based on even what the solicit said, because I don't think it really gave you any indication that it was a book in the vein that yes, it said it was a guy that could get psychic imagery from the stuff he eats, but it didn't. It sounds like it's a lot more layered than that. Um, and certainly you can't convey that in a solicit. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how, how a book like this does because it's. Uh, it, it, it's certainly unique. It sounds like it's very unique, but it also sounds like it's something that people kind of need to be made aware of, like a word of mouth right. book. I don't think yeah. many people are going to glom onto this just, at, you know, randomly. So, well, if, if word of mouth works, mm-hmm. we're telling you right now, go out and get. Well, try and get you yeah, number if you, one. You if, this, you, yeah. if their track record with sellout first issues is any indication, this week Image shipped Viking number one, second print. In addition to Viking number two, so they're going to make good on this. They will, I'm sure they'll have this issue available pretty soon. Right, do you right. uh, do you worry about the uh, the long term of a book like Chew? I mean, it, 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 the way that it's set up, I think it can be an amazing six issue miniseries, and that's maybe as much as it needs to be. Mm, I don't I don't know. I think the um, mechanics, if you want to call it, of the book are so solid they can get at least three, four miniseries out of this, but I'm okay. miniseries within a series. So, yeah. Well, I mean, how, did you ever think The Boys would play out as well as it did? It seemed like I, the one... I, I, I read The Boys for about six issues. Oh, well. You crazy? That's, that's about, <laughs> well, no, I mean, seriously, that that's about how long that concept remained entertaining to me. Wow. But that's... I, I'm... Other people that read the boys and still read it, like you, Vince, and you enjoy it. That's that's cool, but that seemed like about a six issue concept. I know whose influence this is. This is Sal's taint. That's what <laughs> I can I can no, smell it. No, 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 no. I think I, I think I dropped the the boys long before Sal did. It's just it's like yeah, okay, I get it. Da da da. Oh. 
Well, I don't with even you, buddy, know I still you anymore. I don't even know I, him. I still love it, pal. <laughs> Back 30 and 31. I, I am behind on it, but yeah. Weren't they, Vince? Yeah. Pardon me? I said 30 and 31 were real kicks to the gut, weren't they? Oh, amazing issues. And I, I still didn't get around to the first issue of Herogasm yet. I may just wait raw. till the six issues. Oh, y'all. It's raw. It's raw. Nothing Ice cold. Family friendly wow, that. Woo, woo-hoo. so yes get your fannies out there the the minute you see chew on the racks c-h-e-w number one if you see it on the racks in the next couple of weeks pick it up because it is so well worth your time i agree Mm -hmm. chris somni and I, I have, I, yeah, oh, it's better than good. I have, I have the mighty number five, which I haven't, I haven't, um, I didn't start that yet, and I didn't read the first four issues of the mighty, and that's no, that that's no slight to the previous creative team. Chris Sani, as Chris mentioned, a week or so ago, is the new artist on the book. Um, he and uh, he released his 2008-2009 sketchbook, and um, and Chris, you're uh, Captain America and Bucky commission is in this uh is oh is this it really book. yeah it oh, is an very cool awesome it is an awesome sketchbook and it'll be available at uh at conventions this season um what kind of convention? A, uh i'm be- pretty sure he'll probably be at be windy city um uh, <laughs> i know he was at heroes con i'm waiting to hear how uh, how successful that was for him i know it it took him a day or two to get back onto twitter to uh to keep us fans updated, so I know Heroes probably took quite a bit out of them, but um, this sketchbook just reiterates what uh, those that know already knew, and that he is just an, uh, there's a beautiful Hawkeye and Mockingbird piece, and and I mean I just it, and oh one of my favorite pieces I need to know who who owns this commission. There is an old school first appearance Captain Britain in the Marvel in the Marvel six one six universe, uh, Spider Man with Captain Britain. Uh, resting on him, and in the background is Arcade. So you, it's it's from that Marvel team up issue where Captain oh, Britain was introduced. Yeah, it's, it kicks ass. But um, <laughs> I was reading other- that over at Cater's house last. Week. That is that, that's an awesome two parter. <laughs> I love that John Byrne and Dave Hunt. Um, but the only reason I I know about this sketchbook and the reason I have it in my hand is Chris on his blog and his wife Laura Somney. Her blog, uh, which is lunchnotes, one word, dot blogspot.com. Apparently every day he sticks a note, which is basically a, a, a sketch, in her lunch bag. And on her blog, she will post that day's lunch note. And and it could be a cute little cartoon just between the two of them, a private joke. It could be, you know, whatever goes on in their lives. It could be about, you know, the uh, the, the animals or the stuffed animals. They have. It's, it's a cute little moment between husband and wife. So she has a blog that is designed to showcase his lunch notes to her. Um, they had a contest. He His contest on his site, which is chrissomney.com, is, uh, it was, um, the contest rules were simple. Just name a title, name a character that you would like to see Chris draw. Her, um, Laura, his wife's contest was a little different. The rules were uh, talk about something, make a comment about something that you love. And uh, and I won the contest on her site. So I have, oh, awesome. I have, the, I have, that's what I said. I was stunned. I have the first three volumes of lunch notes, which start from 2005 and, and go up to uh, 2008. And um, she also, and, and the contest also, the prize included the Chris Somney sketchbook. So, both items, the three volumes of Lunch Notes and the Chris Omni sketchbook, will both be available 
at conventions this season, and I'm sure at the Windy City Con. Um, but uh, it, I, I said, his the, the sketchbook is amazing. And when uh, earlier today, when Wood was asking, you know, if we're all ready to talk about comics tonight, and I had I had my stack of comics all set up and a few things I was going to talk about, but Renee and I were having a conversation because um, Chris is the artist on one of the uh, Vertigo crime noir books and uh and it was it was a conversation about credit and you know seeing an artist and writer's credit on the cover but regardless um if you are at a convention this season and and you do not get on chris somney's list to get a commission to get a piece then then at least pick up the sketchbook because the stuff in here is just absolutely breathtaking i, I i'm just i'm flipping through it like almost every day it, it, it's just it's great stuff and, oh, I, can, and I can't wait to get a hold of it That's and awesome. for chris to have you know is the commandy omac in there the commandy omac i want to say yes but that was uh, that was an amazing piece he did there is a thor frog and a fing fang foom i i would imagine this to be a tara chase piece this is pretty cool. Oh, is that uh, the one? Is that the one uh, with kind of the broken out wall with her with the sniper rifle? The window? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. I've seen that one. Dude, okay, I'm, I'm surrounded by Somni art. By I the know. Way. Like right now, I've got like three of them staring at me. It's so. not a bad thing. No. Hey boys, it's uh, Jeff Lemire calling. I heard your uh, show this week with uh, Logan from Regina talking about reading comics. And I thought I'd start a new call-in feature called What's in Your Regina Pile? So I'm going to tell you guys what's in my Regina Pile right now, because it's pretty big. I got uh, House of Mystery, Volume 2, Trade Paperback, Daredevil Born Again, Skyscrapers of the Midwest, Acme Novelty Library 17, uh, Chaz the Knowledge, Hellblazer spinoff, the first seven issues of Unknown Soldier, I have an old Tomb of Dracula, Gene Cole and Marv Wolfman Prestige Mini. Uh, I got Punisher, River of Blood, Joe Kubert, and Chuck Dixon. I have the old Dematis, Giffen, Dr. Fate miniseries. Grant Morrison's Kid Eternity. And, uh, actually, it's not that big. My pile's getting down there. But anyways, that's my pile. See ya. <laughs> Should we make uh, Jason feel bad a little bit more and talk about Amazing Spider-Man? That's our or should, we, or should we or should we wait till later? Jason, uh, what do you want? What do you want to talk about before we make you feel bad on how much good comics you're missing? Uh, you're gonna make me feel bad because I read lots of great comics every week. So <laughs> well, there's, always, there's always more comics to read, right? Oh, Just the granddaddy of great comics. Should, should we um, should, should we do some more uh, some more questions from the forum? Oh yeah, save that till the oh. end. Yeah. Let's get. Let's get. Jason has read something. I know he has. Okay. I can feel it in my loins. You know what? Maybe All right. I'll just real quick. I'll talk about something that I've been. I meant to talk about for the last three weeks, and I never get around to it. Um, at the Wild Pig Sale in October, Joey, who goes by you know Malpractice on our forums, mm. huge, huge, huge uh, Grant Morrison fan. He is also a huge Batman fan. Turtles. So we were sitting yeah. around <laughs> pouring. What's that? Turtles. <laughs> Turtles. Yeah, he loves turtles. Yeah. Uh, we were sitting around uh, chatting, looking through the 50 cent bins, and he was looking through something, and he said, Hey, uh, Wood, have you ever read uh, Batman Gothic? 
And I said, I have not. Oh, and wow. So they had the entire the entire uh, run in issues for 50 cents a pop. So he uh, started, you know, pimping it to me. It's one of his favorite stories. You got to read it. You know, it was at 250. So I said, all right, sure, I'll give it a try. So I uh, bought the men, hadn't thought about it. Then read a little um, read a little Batman Along Halloween a couple weeks back, which we could save that discussion for another time. But uh, it got me thinking about Batman. And I thought, you know, I got this Batman Gothic. Let me give that a whirl while I'm on the Batman kick. So pulled them out. And now um, it's actually issues, what, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten of the Legends of the Dark Knight series that DC put out. In, uh, what, in the, I think it started in uh, late 89 and, and ran for quite a long time, if I recall. This yeah, is well. the second arc of it. And it uh, it's the second time Grant Morrison wrote Batman, the first being Arkham. So... Um, so the story is basically it's it's written by Grant Morrison. It is uh, it's illustrated. It's 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 uh, fully uh, penciled and inked by Klaus Jansen, who Speech. I think most people will know Klaus better as an inker for um, Frank Miller and and John Romita. Which is uh, a bummer because he is an amazing artist in his own right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some uh, would call well, him the yes. inker. Uh, okay, I mean I'll, I'll buy that, I guess. But so anyway, so so the story is uh, <laughs> damn. No, no, no. Read, um, David might help me out on this. The, um, the Razagul story that Greg Rekka wrote. um, Death and the Maidens. Death and the Maidens. Penciled by Klaus, Klaus Jansen. Awesome. Beautiful. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Basically, it's a story about, um, a guy by the name of Mr. Whisper, uh, is going around killing off the, uh, crime family heads in in Gotham. Batman, of course, trying to figure out what the deal is here. Turns out the guy is, and I hope I'm spoilers here. It's it's an 18 year old comic, so I hope I'm not giving away. <laughs> uh, Mister Whisper, I think you're okay. Yeah, he turns out to be a a monk uh, from Austria named Manfred, who made a deal with the devil back in the day to give himself 300 years of life. Uh, he's a sick fucker, a total sadist. Um, in every sense of the word, and he's running out of time, and so he's decided to try and pull off a scam where he will basically give all the souls of Gotham uh, in exchange for his own and be able to be immortal. Um, uh, Batman, of course, intervenes and uh, and, and stops the uh, the plan, which involves a plague and, and all sorts of things. And uh, wow, it sounds convoluted. Really, Morrison wrote this? Yeah, yeah. So, so let me get. So, you know, I, I here's my thing. Um, I. I I have read Grant Morrison Batman stories. I'm obviously a Grant Morrison fan. Of the stuff I've read of Grant Morrison and Grant Morrison Batman, this is far and away, in my mind, the weakness, the weakest of the bunch. Um, I, I, I read it. It was fine. Uh, it was certainly 250 well spent. It's always good to, you know, to educate yourself on some of the history. I know that the storyline is held in relatively high regard by a lot of people. For my taste personally, and I think this is probably the first time I've seen Klaus Jansen not just, just ink over someone else's pencils, didn't really get it done for me. Certainly some pages are great to look at, but there are some spots where clearly he could have used a little structure. It seems like he just went straight to the inks and it, it, it failed. I think some of the anatomy is really iffy. So that was distracting to me because I guess I'm so used to Jansen you know, being associated with art that I love. And you know, the story in and of itself was, was, was kind of cool, the potential of it. But there were some, in my opinion, hokey things, which, again, I know it's the time period. It was, in, it was 
1990, what he can do. But I mean, there was like an instance where Manfred, who's this, you know, sadist and this immortal, he does the cliched thing where he puts Batman into this ridiculous mousetrap contraption that, you know, this, this thing's on, on, you know, it's like this little piece is on train tracks and that's going to roll down because of gravity. It's going to pop this and then that's going to fall and then it's going to lead to Batman dying. And of course, as we've seen a million times in the 60s TV show, Batman gets out of it at the last second. And I just thought (laughs) it was completely out of place in a story like this. It's supposed to have this really sadistic gravitas and, I just thought there were a lot of really cliched conventions, and it just really, I would have never guessed Grant Morrison wrote this if I didn't see his name on the cover. So, um, Joey, if you're listening, I gave it a try. I'm really curious to see why you, you, you love this so much, only because I, I don't really know that this is vintage Morrison. I think he's definitely done better work on Batman as a character. But, uh, yeah, so that's it. Batman Gothic. Just wanted to, you know, I did want to uh, give it give it its due, because I promised, uh, I promised Malpractice when I did read it, I would uh, talk about it on the show. And You know, so I, there- I, I would love to get your impression on one particular Batman story, the cult. Okay. If if you can find that, I'd love to see your thoughts on it. See, so you could tell that he he has no history with that series because most people who have read it, if you if you even mention the name Batman the Cult, it's kind of like oh, you know, because it's yeah. Bernie Wrightson on art. Yeah. Jim Jim Starlin wrote it. Yep. And and it's it's it's, it's one of those. Batman stories that stands it's, yes it's like the peanut butter on your ribs it it, it resonates it's like it doesn't get yeah, it, it doesn't get it doesn't get talked about a lot but when people mention it's like oh yeah because it's it is one of those it's and it's very contemporary too even though it was written what 20 oh, years in ago? the 80s yeah and it's yeah. it's it's a story I want Renee to read and when I was explaining to her what kind of happens in it without I don't I'm not going to say because and and when I when I told her who the adversary is, it made sense to her. She could understand why what happened to Batman in the book happens to him, and um, and so I'm I'm hoping to find it at may, maybe at Windy City, so I can because I can't find my copies now. But it's it's uh, it's it's definitely a Batman book that I I recommend to people if if, if I can. Um, I mean, aside from the art and and being you know, I mean, Jim Starlin after year one. Jim Starlin wrote Batman for a while. He, he and Max Allen Collins seemed to write Batman for for a little mm-hmm. bit. And and you know, both Max had Allen a Collins bit. likes the ventriloquist, you know. Does Did he you really? Know that? Really? <laughs> um, it's like every other issue. The damn ventriloquist is <laughs> But um, I think Jim Starlin is is one of the not when 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 great Batman writers are talked about. Jim Starlin really never makes it on the list. And 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 maybe you know you could say okay, well then. Because he's not a great Batman writer, that's not why he's on the list. But he he, he wrote some pretty funky stories for Batman, and um, I I definitely reckon it was one of I think it was it maybe even the second Batman prestige format following the the, the Dark Knight Returns. It was yeah, it was, was a prestige was format yeah. series, but um it was it was a great series, and and like I said, and and one I recommend, and it's uh it's back when uh when when Jason Todd was Robin. So I mean, yeah, it's it's miniseries that is is at least well i don't know at least i mean it's it it was late 80s so yeah, yeah. so it was, it was 20 years ago it's, it's, but it's it's gorgeous you bet and you know what i know exactly where my issues of the cult are because and i'm yeah i'm gonna boast a little bit mine are signed by wrightson and starlin damn oh, yeah. oh, wow that's pretty sweet back when they that used is. to have the conventions at the pencil well the penta which but, is now the pennsylvania Okay, in the yeah. city, mm-hmm. New York City. Yeah, across from Madison Square Garden. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, there was no one around. Rights conventions. And, yes, they were. Oh, oh damn. Mm. Good call. No one was around. Rights and Jesus Christ. No, he was in a back room, 
Um, there was a throng of people lined up to get Clive Barker's autograph, and I guess they put Wrightson uh, in, in the same room, and Wrightson was just like, you know, hanging, hanging around. Barker's go. great and all, but that ain't no contest. I man. know, I know. You got that right. I wonder how many times in Batman's long history have they hasn't has an, a writer decided to blame something else for the impetus of. Bruce making his parents go out to the theater that night. <laughs> because, I mean, I've probably read one fiftieth of mm-hmm. the Batman stories that are out there, and it seems like half of the ones, anything that goes back to his history at all, blames something else. Bruce comes to the realization that someone or something was blamed for him. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, um, and it, I think that's it, the same thing. His Manfred turns out, of course, uh, in part of his 300 years, he happened to be the headmaster at Bruce's boarding school, and he was also, because he was a sadist, a, uh, a molester. And the next on his list to molest and kill was going to be Bruce, and Bruce got like, a sick sense about it, got scared, and had his daddy, Thomas, come and get him from boarding school and bring him home to Gotham. A lot happened so, in those 24 hours. Damn. Yeah, and so that night, rather than being at boarding school molested and killed, his parents took him out to the theater <laughs> to celebrate him being back in Gotham and oh what do you know that happens to be the night that they get killed and he becomes Batman it's like you know and I get it like I get it you know if you're dealing with Bruce's history you want to throw that in there but I mean between the movies and the cartoons you you want to talk about yet another reason that I'm excited to uh, read some Batman stories with Dick Grayson as Batman instead of Bruce for a while. I don't have I don't I don't I don't have to see I don't have to see the back alley parents getting killed you know, murder scene uh, for hopefully at least a year. So. Uh, that'll just be a lot of acrobat deaths. That's no, great. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, it's a step. <laughs> no, no pearls. No pearls falling in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. How many pearls can be drawn into it? In, in, unless, unless the Dick's mom's name was was Pearl. It's very very nice, fun. by the way. Very nice. Dun, dun. But it is a defining moment that made the character. So it does yeah. creep into a lot of the stories, and you know, rightly so. But you're right. I don't need to see the pearls ever again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, now, after after Mazzucchelli, you really don't. Yeah, graphically, he he mm-hmm. he he you know turned water into wine, but I don't need to see it again. Hey, 11 o'clock comics. It's Luke Parker from the forums. Just gonna say, I'm uh, pretty annoyed that uh, Moonlight doesn't get enough love around here. So, if you guys need to check out The Death of Mark Spector. Alright, guys. Later. Oh, yeah. Before we forget, and I'm gonna go back and splice this in to the beginning of the episode. Because the people listening now need to know that. Right. Well, <laughs> open door policy. This episode of 11 O'Clock Who's Comics sponsored by? is sponsored by DCBS, Discount Comic Book Service. There's a reason why the word discount is in the name, because you can get Wumba discounts from DCBS. Um, Wumba. <laughs> Wumba means I love wow. how every week he tries to... I do try and jazz it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wumba discounts, 35, 40, some, huh? <laughs> Shut up. So that's whack, yo. <laughs> that's whack, <laughs> which means it's good. Whack means good. 35, 40, up to 50, and even 75% off some stuff. Carefully packed and bagged and shipped directly to your home at the frequency you desire. Brought to your door by a uniformed custodian of the UPS service. So you can't go wrong. UP, uh, yeah, DCB, this is going to suck. Sorry. (laughs) DCB service, DCBService.com. Check them out. They're the best. 
And that's why we, we got him as a sponsor, because we don't do things half-assed, which is a lie if you just listen to the two <laughs> minutes before this. <laughs> that was a beautiful train wreck. I'm, I'm sorry. Look away. Let's you know touch. what? It's a service that's so good it speaks for itself. Yes, unlike me. <laughs> that's for sure. Let's get into Spider-Man. Come on. Yeah, real quick. Why I'm not caught up. Oh, oh, you're kidding me. What, are you, what, what was the last I'm not. Had? I'm seven. I don't know. The story arc before. I'm, I'm a story. Pie. That's why I'm uh-huh. going to trade. I don't know. I'm confused. And their trade schedule sucks I'm, on this book. No, it does not. Holy crap. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm confused. What's the, <laughs> what was the last thing you read? Did you read 24-7? Did no, you? I read, read the the whole election thing and and the the girlfriend slash hobgoblinish kind okay. of okay uh, okay yeah. so you know that part yeah in twenty four seven Peter takes it upon himself to make Jonah's life a living hell yes hence, hence the title twenty four seven Spider Man is everywhere seemingly twenty four hours a day seven days a week and there's a reason why he does that because he's feeling something that he thinks is loathing for Jonah, but it's loathing for someone else. Mm-hmm. Misplaced emotions towards, and you can probably guess, Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn. He, he, he feels a lot of, well, I guess it's hatred, guilt, because he didn't deal with it sufficiently in the past, according to Logan, uh, that Norman is now the, the most powerful man in America. So Peter wants to uh, go back and uh, make things right by targeting Norman Osborn. That's what American Son is, in essence. Peter going back and trying to wrap up his, his dirty work and, and you know taking Norman out. But if history of the title is any indication, things don't always go according to plan for poor Peter. Should we get into it or should we wait till you read them? I, I, I will read everything this week. Okay. But I don't want to hold you back. I can... No, you're not holding me back. It, it's just all kinds of awesome. With, with yeah, him. I'm, 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 I'm art, looking Even I'm with looking the art changes. Yes, the, the art changes are very good, but this dude... Conchetto? Ch- is or, it Chichetto? Uh, yeah, okay. It's oh. 598. Chichetto, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's awesome. I think he's one of the better spider artists to come down in a long, long, long time. Did I hear correctly that our buddy and listener of the show, Robert Atkins, is going to do a Spidey issue here soon? Is he really? Oh, oh sweet. I, I heard nice. that correctly. Wow. Nice. I did not know he that. Announced, but he announced that at Heroes, I believe. I, uh, I, 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 Robert, if, if you're listening and I got that wrong, go ahead and correct me, but I'm pretty sure you said Very that. Cool. So. Yeah, all right. You, know we'll, we'll... You, you, you can always ask him in September. <laughs> well, I think the issue will probably be out before then, but yeah. I was going to say, maybe, yeah. Maybe I can get him to sign it. We'll, we'll, we'll do amazing next week. Why don't we answer some forum questions? Uh, you got yeah. it. I got it all queued up. Let's do oh, it. man. You are the one who reads these things, so shoot. Make it clap. Okay, so... All right, so let's see here. Um, real quickly, uh, this is from JR. We'll skip his first question because it's silly, and Chris will get infuriated, and we don't want Chris to be in a bad mood. <laughs> uh, the second question is not silly, and Chris will love it because it involves his two favorite things. Uh, for all of us, you you have to give up one of the following two things, booze or comics. What do you drop? Vince, oh, we know your answer. Easy. Yep. Uh, David? Oh, shit, drop booze, man. Chris? <laughs> <laughs> So can I alternate weeks? <laughs> Chris? One day at a time, Chris. <laughs> Chris, he's like, be, be I, I really want to say comics, but... Be a friend of Stan L., Chris, come on. What? Which one do I drop? Yeah. <laughs> That's, that was the question. <laughs> yeah, I guess Chris is voting comics. Tune in next week for Chris's exciting answer. <laughs> Tune in next week when we have another cast member. 
Okay. Well, I'll, I'll say I'm booze. <laughs> Begrudgingly, but... Yeah. Okay, we'll move on. I think Chris's non-answer speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, this is from Fist of Khonshu. Uh, it's... it's his questions one and two are basically the same questions, so I'll just combine them. The first was, he said, um, which comic from the big two, in your opinion, would make a great TV show? And then the number two is, but for indie comics. So I think for the sake of getting through this long list of questions, let's just... And what what comic series, indie or, or mainstream, do you think would make a great TV series? And uh, I don't know if anyone has wants to go first. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, hmm. Spider-Man oh. Nicholas Hammond. Grendel, just because of the different... Um, Different storylines that, that that could come from the whole uh, the whole idea of it. Mm-hmm. Wow! I'm gonna say proof because uh-huh. I miss the X Files, and uh, this would be a great X Filesy type of show they could do. And it could be. I'd love to see the effects for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I, that's I was trying to think of a series that uh, that that would have some special effects, but would wouldn't be like blow out the budget because in TV that's hard to do these days. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it, it would Unless be it's like on FX for 13 episodes every season. Yeah, so it wouldn't. I, you could do proof without it being like you know crazy CGI effects. You could just you know do, be more like makeup kind of monster factory type of stuff, which is why I thought that well, versus something like a Walking Dead or something, which would you know pretty much be expensive to do. Cause, well, know. sci-fi didn't break the bank with uh, Amanda Tapping's Sanctuary. But sci-fi hasn't broken the bank on any of their. Well, but the thing <laughs> is, though, uh, Sanctuary Same. looks really good. So I, they, know. if they can pull it off for a weekly show with that, they can pull off proof. Just not on sci-fi. Get it away from that channel. <laughs> Your choice, Vince. Yeah. No, uh, but uh, I, I, sci-fi hasn't. Sci-fi has done some nice stuff. Yeah, in the past, and yeah, Battle, she, Battlestar Galactica is sci-fi's claim to fame. Yeah. Uh, everything, yeah. everything else I've seen, their movies, oh, they're horrible. Man, well, the movies are terrible. But there's Mansquito? no bad Vince. There's no bad art, Vince. Yeah, it's Stan, not bad Stan, art. Stanley's Harpies. <laughs> yeah. Stanley. Let's move Megalodon. on. Um, Come on, Megalodon. Um, yeah, Yeti. Oh, another oh, Yeti movie. Great. Exciting. <laughs> Chris, did you answer this question yet? No, I didn't. Um, Queen of Country? I would... I would... <laughs> Don't bust his balls. <laughs> would, wait, roll it who, is the sm- who is the smart ass that said that? Who was? David. <laughs> David? <laughs> yes. For your information, Uh-oh. if you would ever like to watch a TV show that was a huge inspiration for Queen and Country, oh, sandbaggers, sandbaggers, track down sandbaggers. Um, you got scolded. I would. I would <laughs> talk. We talking about humanity that way, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I would love, love to see fables. Me as uh, on, I, I don't know, FX, whatever. I, I think that that would be an amazing TV show. But the one that I could see as as uh, a no-brainer is Scalped. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. Great choice. Awesome. Great yeah, choice. I mean, Scalped could be an HBO or yeah. Showtime uh, TV show in a, in a heartbeat. And I yeah, really, yeah. really hope that happens at some point. They'd be silly not to do that. Good call. I think there's one that would not only be a hell of a good TV series with a lot of mileage inherent to the the plot mechanism, but it could also be made pretty inexpensively. House of Mystery. Oh, yeah. 
you can have different yeah, like Twilight Zone, yeah. Different different cameos on that every week by different uh-huh. actresses and actors. I think House of Mystery would be is tailor made for TV, but there's one I would love to see, and I'm not kissing ass here. Mysterious the Unfathomable would be an awesome series. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And in fact, um, Jeff Parker was recently on The Word Balloon. John uh, interviewed him, and Jeff uh, talks about that, that he agrees with you, and, uh, and that would be his dream to make Mysterious into a, um, into a, uh, a TV show. So, yeah. Doctor Strange meets Shack, the Night Stalker, meets, you know, X-Files, uh, meets Lovecraft. It's all there. It would make a, a, an unbelievable TV series, but it would cost... A couple of pennies, I think, sure. yeah, just, sure. just to could, get all that could. right. Well, get your get your questions together because I think uh, I think we may be talking to Jeff uh, real soon on AC. Sweet, sweet, nice. mm-hmm. dear no Jeff base. Parker. Why are you so good? Right. <laughs> he does do some good work. He does do good so, work. Yeah. See here, the next question is by uh, our, our friend uh, Mr. Earth Six One Six Adam Bessanyodi. Uh, mm. So. Two questions. First one, I guess, um, I don't know, maybe Vince, you want to handle this, or David. Uh, it's what uh, is, and I think we've told this story before, but it's it's what is the bullpen bulletin slash 11 o'clock comics slash Marvel noise origin story? How do, you guys know, how do you guys know each other? How did you get together? How is the history of these shows intertwined, et cetera? So, wow. um, this can also be I guess involved should, in the origin. Yeah, well, I'm going to say yeah. we should probably start with you two real quick and then and then go into how you know Chris and then yeah. talk about Vince bringing me into the fold, I guess. But. Well, uh, David and I met, and we met Chris at the same place, which was the CGS message board. Right. Okay. And through there, we got friendly, even though Chris and I butted heads a little bit at first, but it was okay. <laughs> we did. It, was, it was all kind of friendly. As yeah. did we, butting up heads. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, we have a a pattern repeats. We butt heads and then we love each other. But um, so it was at Wizard World Chicago '06, right, David? Mm-hmm. Uh, David and I were sitting around with Chris and Sal and Tom, and uh, Dan C was there. Mm-hmm. Who else? Dave Wachter, Dave Wachter, Vickery, Colin Bunn, uh, Chris Somney for a short while, but I think he uh, he had some commissions to churn out. Um, no, I no, think Matt sure S was there that. too, right? Matt S was there. Um, yeah, Tom passed by because Lollapalooza or something was going on that weekend, so he. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't forget. Next to me was Sean and Jim. Yes. From Raging Bullet. So we're sitting around, and it got pretty late. We were talking comics oh, way late into the night, and there was alcohol. And someone says, it's a pity that there's not a Marvel-centric podcast to go with Raging Bullets, the DC-centric podcast. And then Chris said, well, why don't you and David do one? And the rest well, Chris, is... Chris likes to say, yeah, someone should do that. But unfortunately, it was Vince and I that heard him say that. So we decided to do it. <laughs> right. And, uh, and yeah, so, so shortly after we all said goodbye at, at Wizard World Chicago in 06, the, uh, the bullpen bulletin site was formed and, uh, mm-hmm. and episodes were sporadically produced and, uh, and that You're gave, being kind. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, uh, and after 33 fantastic, no, after, after, after wonderful episodes, we, um, and, and, and feeling some, some publisher burnout, um, the uh he's trying to say it was my fault 
Which no. it was. No, it, it, let's be honest. It was my fault. Did you write me an email we were saying, dude, we were I don't want to do this anymore? I did that. That was me, me, me. Hey, all I can say is that I came into that thing drunk <laughs> and I left like drunk. Yep, yeah, not like that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, what, one day I, I wrote David an email message saying, I, you know, I'm not feeling it anymore. I, I really don't want to do it. I, I, it wasn't a personal thing because as I do now, I love David and I always enjoy being with David. But to push myself to talk about books that I didn't want to read and wasn't enjoying the ones that I was reading. It was that Civil War era where, mm-hmm. you know, you know, brother was fighting brother and it just and Tony got Stark to me. was in the lead. Yes. And it was just too much and I wanted to talk about other comics. And towards the end we did. We were talking about Invincible yeah. and, and <laughs> Godland and yeah. which which was kind of not in keeping but it with had your its mission roots. statement. And, right, yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a Marvel-centric podcast, but I mean, obviously, especially with Godland, I mean, there's, there's the Jack Kirby Fantastic Four influence. Aww. So, yeah, I mean, Look so it was, it, it became a, a, a Marvel tribute podcast. Yes. But, um, so David and I decide to dissolve it. We had some fun, and to tell you the truth, I put a hell of a lot more time editing into those things. I was spending like, 12, 14 hours editing a show, which they, they tended to run longer than, than this, not by much, yeah. but, but longer. And then you, I was doing those funky intros and trying to come up with interesting uh, topics on which to give them audio tri- tributes. So, yeah, it, it was a lot of work, a lot of, a lot of sweat and a lot of blood. And yeah, we so we just it, started, yeah. we just dissolved it. Right. And we had then, a kick-ass intro with by, by, by Dallin. We had yeah. uh, we we had awesome. We had an awesome interview with Tommy Lee Edwards. One of my favorite moments. Um, Who does Dallin play for? Berlin. He, he, no, he did. He did. He did. I, I don't think he still currently plays for unless they need him to 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 do some more. But he uh, he's he lives in Arizona. He um, I believe his current gigs take place in Tucson. Um, he does a uh, he, he's got a he's got a website dallinbaumgarden dot com. He um he does some some cover tracks for uh, especially for like eighties hair metal bands. He's worked with with cover bands that, that that do uh, grunge tracks. So it's uh he's um he's out there. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. And he's a rock and roll. He's a rock and roller. That's yes cool. he is. I respect that. And, and speaking of rock and rollers, where's Windorf? Is he still on yeah, tour? Yeah, you know, I keep meaning to email him and just be like, what the deal, though? So, I miss him. Uh, I Dave, if you're listening, come on, I miss you. Just give me Jeez. a heads up, I'll call you. But anyway, so how did this thing come about? When did we start this? Well, after one? after um, after we called it quits, I think, and, and he can correct me if I'm wrong, I think Derek Coward said that now he's going to have to start a Marvel-centric podcast and... Ah. I told him if if um you know if if I have the time or if if you know if he wants to host it then uh then I can probably keep going with it and and that's what what I've been doing and uh, and you bastard you wouldn't take the bullpen bulletin's name that's that's the one thing you've done in however long I I know you that not made me mad, but it kind of ticked me off because you're like, oh, dude, that that was our thing. This it is what? You know. I'm not. No, it's not. No, I'm not gonna. If anybody deserves it, it's you. No, <laughs> no. And if... I mean that the best way possible. <laughs> it's a good thing. No, it's and also if if I ever decide to not, if I ever decide to stop doing Marvel Noise, then that's still under Derek's umbrella, so somebody else can just take yeah. the name and run with it. So. Yeah. 
Uh, bullpen bulletins is a completely separate entity and it isn't affiliated with anything like that. So it's it's it had its run and it's not it, it's not something that should have been resurrected. So and after that, after a few months of of Vince not doing a podcast, I, I guess the itch returned because there's yeah. no ointment for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then that brought us to this, and it was Chris who came up with the the alcohol themed nature of the show. That was a real big stretch. Oh, I think that's a pretty big component of what we do. We're known as the the podcast with the dudes uh-huh. that drink. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then Vince, what did you I mean, how did you just how did you bring Chris into the fold? I know he brought me into the fold, but how did you I, I don't you? really remember. I th- I just said, "Chris, you want to do something?" and or was it David? I don't I really don't remember. It's a blur. You told God, me you were itching. Offered to buy me a drink. Grab, yeah, you grabbed you grabbed Chris, and then you said, "I think you wanted to make it a quartet." So, um, so you're yeah. going to ask Wood, and I was like, oh, "What the fuck, man? I just know him from CGS, and uh, <laughs> he just he's always. I mean, it's like it's like, geez, I'm, all right, whatever. If Wait, he's that, funny, that, great. That, that douchebag with the Deadpool icon. Yeah, you know what the hell. Uh, he's got like a thousand and eighty posts. CGS has been in for like three months. Like Christ, like him and Lobo were like tied for like most posts and shit. No, even a lurker on that board would realize that Jason knows his shit. Yes, you encounter one of his posts. They're extremely well written. They're well thought out. He knows comics, especially. More, he, we're older than than he is, so he knows his era very well. And I just said, this guy's perfect. And the fact that we sometimes butted heads made it even better because I wanted to bring that confrontational aspect to it into the show. And I thought this guy's tailor made, and he's he's a good dude. So we yeah. brought him in, and the rest yeah. is uh, history. There, kumbaya, bitches. That's right. I, t- I tell people on the on the luckiest podcast in the world because I've got two shows that have absolutely amazing chemistry and great groups of guys so yeah i was nervous man that first week that i joined i was so nervous i, like, I, don't, I, I didn't know yeah, I that's I funny can't, i can't wait for you to shake that feeling yeah because we, we set such a high standard don't we hi this is daryl uh oh, fuck it. no it's not daryl it's matt um you know i'm just all of a fluster and i've just just listened to episode 58 um, I just don't know how to feel at the moment, you know, mixed emotions. Um, I don't know whether, that, you know, I feel guilt or do I feel betrayal or do I feel that Vince had a valid point? Probably, probably, you know, just, head's just got a little bit too big. Um, time to come crashing back down to earth. Um, fucking shut up, the lot of you. I love all of you and... Um, but at the same time, you know, don't know how to feel. You know, a bit of criticism on, on one of my voicemails. Maybe if I just sang the same words over and over again for two minutes, I'd have more of a chance of getting on. No, that's harsh. I'm sorry. Or maybe if I phone, you know, phone up and just say how much I hate the hotline, uh, I might get on. And then phone again and say, oh, I didn't really mean it, but I did. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know how to feel. I kind of feel like Michael, three quarters of the way through Godfather Two, you know, um, grabbing Vincent by the face and saying, "I know it was you. You broke my heart." But that would be unfair because Vince is, you know, Vince is lovely. Or or do I feel like Gabriel Byrne in The Usual Suspect? You know, and I'm sat on the floor and I've been shot in the gut and trying to spark up a cigarette. 
and uh, there's uh, Kaiser Soze in front of me pissing all over an explosion um, and, and I've just realised I've been stabbed through the heart but that would be unfair too I don't know how I feel um, but in summary please listen to the League of Nobodies a new podcast What I Am On comes out every two weeks I'll certainly get by at least three weeks, so that'd be only be kind of one and a half episodes. It's got me, it's got Scotty Young, it's got Brian Salazar, and Braxton Harrison talking about uh, graphic novels and stuff, and it's brilliant. Um, that's about it, really. No, I love all of you, and uh, 11 O'Clock Comics is, uh, is my podcasting home, and uh, I shall never leave you. And to the bloke on the forum um, that said I was fucking annoying... How annoying was this one? Really, really. Anyway, I love all of you. Um, peace, goodwill to all men, and good comments. Bye, 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 bye. All right, so he's got a, should we do Adam's other question here? Yeah, what is uh, that? Okay. Um, I've heard Michael Moorcock mentioned in various geek community circles, including an sure. S of D2 question. Uh, is this the same Michael Moorcock who blew my mind when I read Behold the Man in College? Yes, it is. Uh, if so, what else has he written or done or is known for, comic related or otherwise, that I'm missing out on? Ooh, Elric man. of Melon. Elric of Melon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was uh, going to say, Elric certainly his most famous stuff. That's the stuff I was yeah. familiar with. Yeah, the, yeah, the uh, Elric saga. Absolutely. Don't forget the Eternal Warrior cycle. Eternal Champion. Eternal Champion, yeah, sorry. It's the just warrior. An ass, there's an assload of those, so I don't... Yeah. Oriana and um, I don't, a, a bunch. I mean, I'm sure if you Wikipedia or something, you could probably find a long list of the stuff. Hot, yeah. You're talking mm-hmm. about at least 25, 30 books, at, at least, if not more. And his name is really fun to say. In yeah. a, well, you, not, especially your, in, in association with David. Swoo. David always likes Moorcock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It reminds me of your days in prison. <laughs> That's why I bring it on a rope, baby. Yeah, <laughs> so what else do we have? Let's answer one more. Okay, one more. Uh, from uh, PHH. Hey, he's got, per. He's got two questions. Um, one, which I feel like we've already been asked, but maybe we haven't, but it seems like we did. If you could have any job in comics, what would it be? Oh, after reading Drew Garci's column today and uh, his article on CBR, <laughs> I don't think I have an answer for that anymore. Hilarious. <laughs> um, well, I, I've always said I would. I mean, I would love to be the uh, the, the CEO of, of Marvel. That would be the job I'd want. So I'll stick with that. But not a creative job. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd love to have that job. So um, I, I would take any job in comics, really. Yeah, same here. Really. Yeah, really? writing, penciling, inking, coloring—I don't care. I'd staple if if the collator ever broke down. I'd staple them back <laughs> with my hands if they wanted me to. I'd do anything for comics. I'll tell you who's got a cool job in comics: Steve Tobolsky. Yeah, yeah, he, he does. Was like, All he ever does is tweet about how people can get into the business and where you can go to eat. <laughs> I mean, the dude talks, he tweets about food more than anyone ever. I have Seriously? a question in regards. Well, to I don't know. Have Tobolsky. you ever seen CB? Yes, I have. Sorry, sorry, Chester. But let's be fair. CB's got a physique that's very uh, uh, standard for, for uh, of our of our. And if, uh, and if, if you've read Wonder Lost, you kind of understand how it got to be that way. So, <laughs> CB is good people. He yeah, really you, is. Let me see if any of you know the answer to this. I'm on a CSI kick. I can't get enough of the show. The original CSI, the one with Grissom. Oh, okay, Las Vegas, okay. Was C.B. Sobolski associated with that at all? Has he ever worked in television? Because towards the end of the episode, it seems like I see the name C.B. Sobolski, and I'm just too stupid to press the pause button and check it out. 
Kim Sibolsky hmm. is one of the producers. K Y M. It's so I don't think it's. I mean, he, th- that person may be related to CB, but it's not the same person. Oh, okay. But I did see Sibolsky. I was right. Yeah, yeah. Kim. Kim oh, cool. Is involved with the show. CSI is awesome. Have, do you, any of you watch that? I. I Why, uh, uh, yeah. I haven't seen too many of the original. I like New Yorks. I like. Um, That's my wife's favorite too. I, I, I do. I like. Um, oh Only crap. Well, yeah, she, she, she's nice to look at, but I'm a huge Gary Sinise fan, and uh, Dan, but the uh, Miami, just with the whole, I'm, I've, I haven't liked Caruso since before NYPD Blue, so he kind of kills it for me in Miami. But uh, New, New York, I'm a big fan of that. That Mark Hel- Helgenberger, baga baga, uh huh. There's a woman. There's species. Woman. Sure, species, right? Her and Dana Delaney in China Beach. Ooh. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, Chris, you didn't answer. What job would you want, buddy? Besides, aside oh, from being oh man. None. I, I don't want to work in comics. It's. It would Chris. You know, yeah, honestly, it's one of the things I've, I've learned in the three and a half, four years of podcasting is that I like being on this side of the curtain and yeah um it would be like owning a comic shop it's like it just it kind of kills certain things for you now it's a business yeah yeah it's if there was anything that i would like to do um probably be an editor because i'm good at at kind of connecting people and and that kind of stuff um so yeah putting creative teams together and, and and that kind of stuff i don't know the ins and outs of that job but that sounds something that that I would be very interested in is 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 matching and pairing people up on on different projects. I think would be sure. cool. But yeah, I, I I like living on this side of the curtain. Uh, and then his second question is, uh, what size is your collection? No, this is not a euphemism. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'll also I'd have I mean, the smallest I, collection out of all of us. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got about uh, between sixteen and eighteen thousand books, and then maybe. I don't know how many trades, but I'd say probably between two and three hundred trades. Well, the last time I input my books into Comic Base, I was pushing north of thirty thousand. Wow! Yeah. Nice. That's a and lot I'm not of proud books. of it. I'm not freaking proud of that it. That is a lot it, of books. It's wow. a lot. Of, all these white blocks of paper in this one room drives me crazy because I'm a neat freak in every other room but this one. There's no way I can be neat in here because there's just comics everywhere and it drives me absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah. If, like I said, if I could condense them all into a, a square foot block of CDs, I'd do it in a second. Chris? A lot. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have... How many comics were in a... I mean, total collection or just what? What was the question? <laughs> yeah, your collection. How big is your collection? I, a lot. I don't know. What do you get to a long box? About 250 Yeah, two, 225 two, $235. I don't, God, it's like we're measuring dick sizes here. Um, As I said, I... Yeah, I'm just reading the questions. <laughs> I don't fucking... I mean... Uh, yeah, I got like 16 short boxes, eight long boxes, and a lot of collected editions. Yeah, you nice. do have a lot of selected editions. I've thinned out the singles a lot over the years, and and really tried to to go collected. And that's that's they're just easier to to manage, easier to get to. Yeah, that's that's what I like. So yeah, there's so. maybe a thousand of my comics that I actually would want to actually still have if I could just yep. get rid of. Me too. <laughs> like me too. Because they're, yeah. they're higher end, like you know, what, what's packages like good thing that, that I've paid money for, but you know. Yeah, which goes back to the whole digital thing. It's you know, and the collecting. It's like there's a lot of stuff that you just want to read, and then after that, you're never going to touch it again. Yep. Yeah. First hundred issues 
103 issues of Fantastic Four, <laughs> may, maybe the first 150 of Amazing Spider-Man, you know, Jack's work at Marvel, Jack's work at DC, everything else, yeah, give me a disc. Yeah, a so. disc or, or a collection of it. It's, you know, I have a ton of the, the Alien Legion comics. I can't wait for the Omnibus to come out because it'll be right there on my bookshelf. And I won't have to dig for it. So I'm 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 sick of digging around for comics. I would, I, I just wanna I wanna be able to take it off of a bookshelf. Team Nomad, gotta love them. Friendship, this is you, my golly. I just want to tell you I just and the portrait of you in my mind, my golly, you're a beautiful man, very pretty lips, and I think I want to have your love child. All right. Looks like, uh, let me check our time. Maybe we can squeeze some other stuff in here. No. We're out of time, unfortunately. We'll save the Amazing Spider-Man discussion for next week. It always goes so fast. I, I will, I tell you what, tonight I'll go ahead and read that storyline, and then the last part of the story comes out next Wednesday, right? Yes. So that's when we should talk about it anyway. I won't be able to read it next Wednesday. I probably won't read it till the weekend. Wow. Well, maybe we'll just wait for two weeks. Vince will cry. No, no. It's it's so good. It is so good. It really is, yeah. Just get out. Aunt May is vibrant again. She's alive. She's not just a supporting character around to be shot. It is, though. And I'll tell you, for me Nora is hot. Oh, my God, she is. Issues a month though is is now daunting because not reading it for what eight months it's like now I got fucking like five trades worth of stuff that I got to it's it's daunting. It's well, like, thanks to Wild Pig, I caught up. You could have done the same there, buddy. You'll love it. You will. It's yeah. just just plain good comics. It. It's yeah. it's good comics. Yeah. No one whose opinion I respect has that is currently reading it has said a bad thing about it. So I I, I would be shocked if I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, and I've always liked Spidey. It's not like I don't you know I just he's never been I don't think he's ever been my favorite character like for some other people, but I've always liked him. So and uh, they they have a handle <laughs> on the humor even in the most deadly circumstances, especially in American Son. There are sections of it where Spider Man is at the mercy of certain people, and he's still cracking jokes. So and and they're funny jokes. So. Yeah, I know how that wouldn't appeal to uh, to Wood <laughs> because he doesn't like any characters like that. No, 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 no character that would do that would appeal to Wood. So yeah, what I'm you're con- saying I is Spider-Man is the original Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, yes, you know, fourth wall breaking, yeah, pretty, red outfit. Pretty much. Um, yeah, we'll we'll skip that line of reasoning. <laughs> <laughs> what? That makes complete sense. It does. Even their costumes are the same color. And they look kind of yeah. like too, without the pouches. Image founders uh, both drew them. Hey, that's great. I mean, I, I not originally. Who, who, yeah. Who oh you, boy. Yeah, thank God for Image founders. Spider Man was shit before that. <laughs> <laughs> who do you well, think came up with the whole witty hey, banter in in Don't in this battle? run, friends. Dan Lee. What? Yeah. I'm a puckered. Boy, well, you know, in defense of the image founders, it was because of Todd McFarlane that Spider-Man went bi-weekly. He did kick that book in the ass. Sure, he did. Yeah. See, when I think of bi-weekly Spider-Man, I think of Bagley. Well, I mean, talk about Spidey 300 is still one of the few '90s issues that is mo expensive. I sold mine. Expensive sell. How expensive is it? For a, for a near mint copy, three hundred bucks. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I sold. What they they asshole. they only print a million of them? 
That's what I'm saying. It's it's the it's the most ridiculous book ever to be overpriced because they're literally. I mean, that was a book that by that time people were bagging, boarding, people were collecting, they were hoarding. I mean, this is not a book that's rare. And near mint, there are there are near mints in every LCS in America. I'm convinced on their on their walls. So I don't. I, it's not a book I would pay 300 bucks for. But you know, I guess yeah, that's most of crazy. Us were off the shelf, I'm, but still. I'm eventually going to have to buy it again. Unless I stumble upon a copy at a flea market or a yard sale, I'm going to have to buy it again. It was in want... an, it recently it was in an issue of Spider-Man Family. Yeah, I know. I want to bind you want an my actual ama- cop. Oh, I okay. want to bind my Amazings up to maybe like 200 up. I want to bind because I would never bind anything before that. But uh, I, I need that one to do it. So whatever. You know, I was kind of looking forward to Image United. And then I found out that Kirkman was writing it. What's wrong with that? I, I, it? I, I, he is, yeah. Because Liefeld on Twitter was talking about how only only one writer could really bring the uh, uh-huh. the image founders together and write this story. And I mean, I there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not I'm not trying to knock Kirkman. I haven't read a lot. I, aside from Invincible, there hasn't been a hell of a lot from Kirkman that I've been like, oh my god, that's the best thing I've read this month. It's just it's I don't know. Read I just Walking I Dead? haven't. I, I read the first trade, or maybe the first two trades. No, just the Tony Moore trade, and I don't know it, that that I, I got to You know, uh, eventually maybe I'll read the next couple. Same thing with Why the Last Man. I really haven't gone beyond the first two trades on that. But I mean, Kirkman for for whatever reason, I just I'm you, you know I stuck through Irredeemable Ant Man, and that was for Phil and Andy more than anything else. But I just I can't. <laughs> you know, the, he always the whole, says that. Gotta validate. It, it's true. No, seriously, because it sure as hell wasn't for the fucking character. Stop. Um, they, in any case, I just Kirkman's I don't one know of those dudes that never uh, missed with me yet. That's cool. Uh, See, and, that, and there that's are a lot of people me. out there, and there are a lot, yeah. but the, not just you, because there are quite a few people out there. I mean, you hear everybody who's uh, like the Walking Dead's the one book that they go from trade to singles on. They need that every month. And and, and same, you know, Invincible may have gotten a little gory recently. I mean, it looks like Homeboy's getting his red wings. And I mean, there's just things there that are just. Um, it's, <laughs> but, but team him up but, with Tony Chu. <laughs> but Kirk, I you know, I mean, Marvel team up by Red. I mean, I've I've given him chances. It's just for whatever reason, there's just things that Kirkman's written that I'm like, I. Just not a fan of the Kool Aid, I guess. Yeah, well, it's funny because I think for for me, it's been literally his. I don't think I've enjoyed any of his Marvel stuff, and I've enjoyed. I love Walking Dead and and Invincible. So it's 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 for a guy that's championing the do your own books. I think he he should continue to do his own books. As yeah, I'm I, I I think you're you right. Don't read his the own Wolfman? books are much better. To me. What's that? You don't we read the sound. Yeah, no. Read it. Oh, See, Wolfman, I want to. I want to definitely try Wolfman. I, I do want to try that. <laughs> That's yeah, good. Well, read some old Teen Titans then, and when you're done hey, with those, you- <laughs> Zing. yeah, we're out of here. Once again, thank you very much <laughs> for being here. This episode has been sponsored by DCBService.com, Discount Comic Book Service, the absolute best in discounts. That's why they named their na- their place the company that because they it's a, it's a, it's a, <laughs> read the unknown. I'm sorry, Zach. I can't. This is tough. I'm going to have to record it. 35, 45, 50, 75 percent off everything in previews. Not just they books. You can get discounts on a bunch of Just give it up. Just give it up. I'm going to record it. Read what, David? The Unknown by Mark Wade and uh, Mink Oosterver. Oosterveer, sorry. He's Dutch. First. You read the first issue? Your first two issues? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, good stuff. Very good stuff. Uh, read The Unwritten uh, by Mike Carey and Peter Gross. Um, also read the first two issues and extremely good stuff. Read, um... Detective Comics. I am, no. <laughs> Jerk. No. <laughs> um... Yeah, read, read the Patsy Walker Hellcat trade, because I'm going to, and let me know what you think. <laughs> okay. What? What What the fuck is funny about that? <laughs> Nothing, boo. It's all good. Read. Huh? huh? What? Do I amuse you? You do. Very much Am so. Am I a clown? I'm pushing this book because it's awesome. Read the third volume this week. Read 20th Century Boys. Hey, now. Read it. It's so good. Is that yeah, what I, heard, I, I, heard, I heard it gets good around volume eight. <laughs> No, it was good from the get-go, buddy, and it's only getting better. I actually so. saw I saw Scott Cedarland and uh, Joe Keating tweeting back and forth about that, and Scott's like, "Oh no, it really it really gets going around volume 8. I'm like, "Oh, oh okay, well, let me get all over that." <laughs> and how did Scott Cedarland read volume eight when they've only published volume up to volume three? Scan I think I, I I think he said he read scans of them. So. Oh, well, that's acceptable for the ones that aren't published yet, I guess. They're translated by fans. Yeah, well, you know he'll buy it whenever it comes out. Of course he will. Good old Scott. Scott's the man. So join us here next week. We'll be back to hopefully entertain you next as week? much as we have this episode. Um, <laughs> A little bar. <laughs> say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hasta luego. Bye. Bye-bye, but not three ninety-nine books. Thank you.